Hey folks, welcome to the Aspire Natural Health Podcast. My name is Dr. Tim Gersmar. At Aspire Natural Health, we are experts at treating digestive issues, autoimmune disease, and other hard to treat cases. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you interesting and informative discussions and topics, whether that's with us or other experts and interesting people. Listen, we want to reach as many people as possible and help as many lives as we can. This podcast is and always will remain free of charge. So we'll bring you the expertise, but we do need your help. There are two simple things that you can do to help us in our efforts to reach as many people as possible. Whether this is your first podcast or one of many, if you found these podcasts helpful, please do two things. The first is share it with any friends or people you know who might find it valuable. Again, it's free. Please drop them a line and let them know about the podcast. The second thing, which is really important, is to please head on over to iTunes and give us preferably a five-star review. Whatever you think we're worth, we're striving here to produce a five-star podcast. And it would really help if you would take a minute to drop us a five-star review. That way, iTunes ranks us highly. Other people can see and hear about us, and we can succeed in spreading the message of how to be informed about your health and how to get some help. So please share this podcast with a friend, head on over to iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. All right? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, folks, here at Paleo Effects, we're sitting out enjoying a nice, warm, muggy day. I had the chance to sit down with Hannah Kroom. Yes. Kind of crumb. Crumb. I, even after I practice it, I still <laughs> messed it up. So, uh, but let's let's just keep moving forward here. So, you are set to give a talk shortly. Yes. What are you going to be talking about? Well, being the kombucha mama, I'm uh-huh. going to be talking about kombucha. Kombucha, a topic that you know there's a lot of interest in out there. Is it a super drink? Is it a soda, basically in in disguise? What what is kombucha? Well, I would say it's an original soda. Okay. You know, all of the sodas kind of imitate the characteristics of fermented drinks. Okay. So, fermented drinks and kombucha is fermented tea. Okay. For mm-hmm. folks who aren't familiar, it's mm. tea and sugar. You add a culture to it called a SCOBY. Okay. That stands for Symbiotic Culture of Bacteria and Yeast. Ooh. Pretty straightforward name. Also called the blob, yes. lovingly. <laughs> so it looks like a little pancake, basically, it does, right? That sits yeah. on top of and the tea. And it reproduces. Uh-huh. So it's um, it's just this great, delicious, tangy, sparkly beverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got uh, healthy acids that give it that tang. And mm-hmm. then the residual sugar is that little teaspoon of sugar that helps the medicine go down. Mm-hmm. Full, those acids really help bring the body back into balance, okay. and uh, they just they taste fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, you know sodas, right? They have acid in them. Yes, unfortunately, they do. those acids tend to deplete the body of minerals, right. whereas the healthy acids in fermented drinks add nutrition to the body. Okay, mm-hmm. they're naturally effervescent, whereas sodas add carbonation to right. mimic this. And right. my personal theory is that we are our DNA is hardwired to seek effervescence. Mm. Because it's an indication that yeast or nutrition are present. Yeast make all of the B vitamins in a trace living amounts that our bodies have evolved to recognize. Mm -hmm. And so when ancient people were fermenting, how did they know the magic was happening? They saw the the bubbles, bubbles, right? right. And so we really love bubbles. It's one of the things people are always asking about. How can I get more carbonation? Oh, I love the bubbles. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so uh, we really think of fermented drinks as the original sodas. And sodas are just uh, capitalizing on our natural tendencies. (laughs) There you go. Absolutely. So how did you get into 
kombucha. What, what's the backstory here? How did this happen? I call it kombucha kismet. Okay. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like kombucha found me. Okay. Uh-huh. I was, you know, a lot of people come to kombucha out of a health concern. Sure. And, you know, in fact, m- much of the industry is built by small family businesses, people who had a health challenge. Right. They included kombucha in their life. They felt fantastic and they wanted to share it with their communities. Uh, for me, I was introduced to it by a friend from college. He had he was brewing it at his home in San Francisco. I'd never uh-huh. heard of it before. We uh-huh. didn't even try it because it wasn't ready. Right. But when I got back to L.A., this was around, you know, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, there's an entire case of kombucha. Mm-hmm. had no idea. So I grab one off the shelf. I crack it open. I sip it right there in the store. <laughs> and you know how memory loves yep. uh, the skies open, the angels yes. sang, yeah. the lights are shining. Right. And I just I loved it at first sip. Mm-hmm. Now, you've had it, right, Tim? Absolutely. And yep. what was your kind of initial reaction? Did you love it? Did you think it was weird? Um... Yeah, I really enjoyed it because I had given up. I mean, my story is, you know, uh, my sort of first step into health consciousness was giving up soda. Mm, Like when I mm -hmm. was uh, 17, maybe. I don't remember very vividly. I had gone to the dentist. I had had some cavities and um, I was kind of becoming health conscious and thinking. And so the first step was, okay, I'll give up soda. So I gave up soda. I went back to the dentist the next year and for the first year in a long time had no cavities. That's a great testimony. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I said to the dentist, the dentist was all, oh, you know, congratulations. You know, I said, hey, I gave up soda. And he was just like, oh, ah, hmm. You know, uh, it was so, uh, <laughs> so uh, anyone out there, like, look, the first step, the, the it, hard on some level, but easy on other level is, look, just give up soda. Honestly. Well, we say swap your soda, you right. know, drink a kombucha right. instead. Right. And, and then after a couple weeks, try going back to the soda. And I right. think when you rebalance your palate, rebalance yeah. the body, yeah. you start to, when you taste that thing again, you're like, oh my gosh, I ever thought that was delicious? It tastes so sweet or it tastes yeah. so chemically or, yeah. you know, whatever that flavor might be. Well, I'll tell you, that was my experience about a year later. So I didn't know about kombucha or anything at the time. I just gave up soda. And then about a year later, for whatever reason, I was like, maybe I'll have a soda. And my first experience was like, oh, <laughs> God, it's like like drinking syrup. It's so sickly sweet. And it's brown and, and, you know, and it's, you know, it's gross. And it was like, how did I ever drink that stuff all the time and think that it was like nothing, you know. Now, true so, confession, I'll have yeah. a soda every once in a while. Well, absolutely. Look, we always say to people, it's not about perfectionism. So, you know, if some, if you really like soda, and you recognize that it is a dessert, essentially, instead right. of a beverage, mm-hmm. by all means, look, having a soda once in a while, not going to kill you or anything else. Everything right? in moderation, absolutely. including moderation. Right. Sometimes right. we feast, sometimes we famine. That's true. Right? Well, the problem is we feast, but we don't famine they, anymore. Uh, we need to famine we more. We need to famine more. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I've heard it put, um, it was just a very catchy line that diabetes is a disease of not famine essentially mm, right interesting you know our evolutionarily you're talking about that we kind of grew up like when food's available you eat it right because you don't have any way to preserve it at least at first we learned how to ferment and uh-huh. how to do some of these other things to try and preserve things and keep them um but you had to eat it because it would be gone and probably tomorrow there wouldn't be enough food anyways. Uh, so now we just feast all the time and we never famine. Well, I right? mean, I think there's a, a lot of confusing messages yeah. um, by, you know, folks that we've invested our trust in. Right. And unfortunately, those messages don't serve our health. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it's very confusing, I think, for people to know, well, what should I eat and how should I eat? And right. our philosophy is trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Now, the gut is, in my opinion, the first brain. Like yeah. they're, you know, if, you're, if your gut is out of balance, you don't think well. You right. have brain fog. You know, there's a lot of symptoms that indicate that really it's the gut that needs to be in balance sure. for the mental, physical, uh, spiritual health to, to follow from 
from there. And um, so, so I was going to say, you know, look, we recommend fermented foods all the time to people because, um, l look, speaking of that evolutionarily, we're, we're meant to bring bacteria into our digestive system every single day. Well, they're and covered. Our, they're well, covering they're, our whole body. They're everywhere. They're <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere, right? But we're supposed to input them all the time. Of course, traditionally, that was through, um, you, know, you know, hygiene wasn't so good. So when you got food, um, it was covered in, you know, bacteria, right? That's right. Uh, or dirt or both. And. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you just had a lot more exposure and, um, you know, good news, bad news today. We, we don't get that bacterial exposure. And so we always tell people, look, you're you're really either going to either going to need to take probiotics on a regular basis, trying to kind of mimic some of that uh, bacteria exposure you would have gotten or uh, and we push people towards it. Fermented foods are nature's probiotic, if you will. Absolutely. Well, and that's what I, I think I was going to, where I was heading yeah. was uh, bacterial force field. Right. I mean, right. they literally are a force field. And right. what's so exciting about being here now yeah. as human beings right. is we have the technology to start to really understand the mm -hmm. underlying mechanisms. I mean, look, we are, we've been doing this forever, right? We evolved with bacteria. We've been shuffling the DNA and mm -hmm. becoming more and more sophisticated organisms. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. evolution hasn't stopped. Mm -hmm. You know, we are still evolving. And it's yeah. those choices we make on a daily basis that can truly impact our genome, whether that's, uh, you know, gene switching, turning them on and off, right. or dealing with the stress. And that's, you know, that's exciting to know that that power is in your hands. Absolutely. And to reconnect with these ancient, traditional fermented foods is just like, it may, you know, it's like coming full circle. Like we can finally embrace them and truly understand their role and, and why they're so vital. Right. So one of the first ferment, one of the, e in my opinion, one of the easiest fermented foods to get people into is kombucha, right? Because, it is. It's um, so tasty. Yeah. Some people like, you know, sauerkrauts and things. Other people like really hate them. But they smelled um, like old socks to me when it, I first, like right. when I was a kid, I hated the smell of sauerkraut and I love it. And right. I love like the, the sauerkraut juice and it's right. so tangy and delicious. Right. And I think it's just retraining your palate. Exactly right. right. Um, we, we live in a society where bitter and astringent or that vinegary puckery flavor are, are really minimized and sweet and salty and fatty basically are the flavor profiles that you know most westerners are used to eating well this is trust your gut not your taste buds mm. right because okay. something might taste delicious mm -hmm. but if your biofeedback says uh, now it makes me feel yucky yeah well then you need to be listening to your gut you right. need to be listening to that biofeedback loop rather than just did it you know go down easy right and um and bitter and sour is life bitter yeah. and sour is what nourishes us mm -hmm. and it's those sprinkles of sweet like how can we enjoy the sweet if we're constantly inundated with it right and that's the sweetness of life experiences and that's the sweetness in our food and um you know the struggle and the stress is how we grow it's how we stretch right but it's when we don't have the enough nutrition to maintain our balance through the stress that it has that huge negative effect on sure. our bodies sure absolutely so um you know kombucha is an easy way in because like i said it's tasty um, it's easy to prepare. So let me ask you, there's a, now we're seeing a lot of kombucha in stores, right? So I'm sure a bit of good news, bad news. Uh, so great places. News. Okay, great. Whole yeah. foods. Uh, and even like I've seen it in Safeway and everything before, right? So Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they're starting to make their own brands of kombucha. Okay. What's exciting about this is it's 21st century yogurt. Okay. Remember yogurt was something that old people in the mountains ate and they lived right. to a hundred. Right, right. But nobody had it at home. Right. And then it was the hippies making it on their countertops. Right. Those those hippies they're just so hip right <laughs> they, they they know it's they know it's good yeah 
And then it became a multi-billion dollar industry. Right. And you've got good yogurts, bad yogurts, everything in between, right? Yeah. And so that's where we see kombucha is following that same trajectory. Okay. So it's an ancient traditional beverage Mm -hmm. that people have long ascribed healing benefits to. It's called the tea of immortality, the Mm -hmm. tea of long life. You Mm -hmm. know, so clearly, Mm -hmm. culturally, people understood that when they consume this beverage, it had a positive effect on their being. Okay. And uh, and again, the hippies (laughs) in the counterculture, (laughs) you know, brought it back to life. And uh, it was really in 1995 that the commercial industry started here in the United States. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of hit a couple of tipping points in the 2000s and now we're really you know people can't keep up there's more demand than there is supply right and really tim i think what's happening is Mm -hmm. we are so poisoned Mm. we're poisoned by the air we're Mm -hmm. poisoned by the water we're poisoned by the food supply we're poisoned by the chemicals in our beauty products that Mm -hmm. we're spraying on our lawns i mean our bodies are literally the you know they're the frogs in the boiling water right and we're at a point where there's so many people who feel terrible and the traditional ways of dealing with that aren't helping right and so when you when you drink something that has that nutrition in a living form and you get that instant feeling of good, mm-hmm. you know, when most of the time you're eating stuff, you don't realize it's that's what's making you feel bad. Mm-hmm. So to get that feeling of goodness, mm-hmm. it just resonates and people just are like, they're so thirsty for it. Right. It's exciting. Nice. Well, is there any easy way for people, if they're looking in the store and they're thinking, maybe I want to try this kombucha stuff, and they're seeing all these different bottles, and is there any relatively easy way they can tell if there's a good product in front of them? You wanted to say raw, unpasteurized, these because a lot of the nutrition is the healthy acids, but it's also, as we mentioned, the probiotics. Mm-hmm. So it's the healthy bacteria, the healthy yeast in a living form. You might see a little sediment at the bottom of the bottle. That's a great indicator. Okay. You might even see a little jelly blob in there Mm -hmm. and that's a really fantastic sign because it means that that back bacteria is present i like to toss them back like oyster shooters other people (laughs) prefer to strain it you know Uh you kind of what what makes sense for you but but those are great indicators that that's something that's going to have that nutrition that kombucha's reputation is is associated with I mean, I would say, too, once you taste it, you should taste some of that that tanginess to it as well, right? That if it's just a sweet note uh, across the board, you probably, either one, it's been hopped up with extra sugar or fruit juices or something like that, right? Well, and here's the thing. There's a lot of, uh, because our palate is so sweet in the United States, Mm -hmm. I think there are people who want to, what I call bridge brands, right? So these are brands that have a lighter profile, Mm -hmm. um, still taste really delicious. It's Mm -hmm. still going to be way better for you than a soda because Mm -hmm. of the healthy acids present, but maybe doesn't have all that tang you're mentioning. You Mm. know, I like a punch you in the mouth kombucha, right? You know, (laughs) something that's like, whoa, hello, I'm alive. Right, right. Every nerve ending just felt that. Right. But for some people, they got to ease into it. And so what happens though, I find is um, people, after they get the taste for kombucha, then Mm -hmm. they start looking for those more sour kombucha because their body has rebalanced and Mm -hmm. they want that nutrition. That's really what our bodies want is that sour. Okay, okay. Um, is it possible to drink too much kombucha? You know, this is a question I get all the time. Is it possible to eat too much broccoli? Yeah. Is it possible uh, to eat, right. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And again, this is trust your gut. Sure. Your body's going to tell you when it's had enough. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Some people, when they first start drinking kombucha, they yeah. crave it a lot. Mm-hmm. And they get freaked out. They're like, oh, no, I'm addicted. <laughs> the reality is maybe you have a nutritional deficiency mm-hmm. or maybe there's something that's rebalancing. Mm-hmm. And this happened to me when I started drinking raw milk. Mm. When I first drank raw milk, I like I couldn't get enough of it. I mm. had to get more and more. But mm. once that nutritional deficiency was satisfied or whatever was going on with me right. I found that my cravings waned and mm. in fact right now I don't really drink a lot of milk mm-hmm. um, and so 
it's again listening to your body and trusting the innate wisdom that we all have in our DNA. Right. Now I will say cravings can be a little tricky. So cravings can be there can be good cravings and bad cravings, if you will. So um, I'm sorry, you know, chocolate chip cookies are not <laughs> filling in a nutritional deficiency <laughs> for anybody, you know. So, um, you know. It's this interesting process that in the beginning, if people haven't really been tuned into themselves, um, really trying to kind of differentiate what are the what are the good cravings from the bad cravings. Great, I'm um, glad you mentioned that mm -hmm. because what we recommend people do is first thing in the morning, empty mm -hmm. stomach. Mm -hmm. Drink some kombucha and then just observe how does your body feel. Mm -hmm. This is a way into starting to close those feedback loops, to mm -hmm. really pay attention to when I put something in, how does my body respond? Mm -hmm. And when you start to feel that and feel how it's working in your system, now apply that to other foods you consume. Sure. Right? Like yes. when I put this in, do I have a lot of phlegm production? Does my tummy hurt? Do I have to go to the bathroom a lot? You know, mm -hmm. so kind of looking for the signs that your body is naturally giving you that maybe you've been ignoring mm -hmm. to try to understand, you know, what's happening there. Absolutely. And we often find too that, you know, for people in elimination diet in, uh, on the front, because, um, we make a big distinction between what is common and what is normal. Mm. So it is not normal to feel crappy, but it is common to feel crappy, mm -hmm, right? And mm -hmm. so most people don't truly recognize that they don't feel good on a regular basis. Maybe they have some brain fog or fatigue or they kind of bloated or they just, they don't feel good. Um, you know, really common for us is people will say, oh, I never knew you were, that's what pooping was supposed to be like, mm, right? Mm -hmm. I always thought it was normal to poop once a week or, you know, for it to be a, a rough experience kind of thing. And, and it's like, no, that's what you were used to. Right. So often for people, you know, an elimination diet of at the minimum kind of taking a lot of these sugars and processed foods out and just giving your body a little bit of time, whether it's kind of we like two weeks or four weeks and just mm -hmm. kind of getting clean, if you will. I, I know some people get worked up over that word, but at least clearing your system. And exactly then, right. you know, exactly what we're talking about here, then trying things and seeing how do they resonate with you. And this is what kombucha does. The healthy acids created, I'll point out specifically the gluconic and glucuronic acid, our liver makes these naturally. Mm -hmm. And what those acids do is when you take in toxicants of any form, whether it's created by the body or consumed from the outside, um, it will bond to those toxicants. And once mm -hmm. the bond is created, it can't mm -hmm. be broken. Mm -hmm. So things that would normally be stored in the fat, mm -hmm. you're able to release through hydrolysis. Mm -hmm. So imagine the liver's your filter mm -hmm. and it gets all gunky over time. And of course, then things aren't gonna work right. Mm -hmm. So when you start to consume something that cleans the filter, that helps to, you know, you really feel that difference. And so give it a try, seven days. Yep. Swap your soda, swap your coffee, swap your whatever. Yep. Give kombucha a try and see how you feel. And then, of course, um, I know we've only got just a couple minutes left because I know you got to run for your talk. But certainly, you don't have to buy it from the store, right? Something well, when your you thirst can... outgrows your budget, that's <laughs> yeah. when you come looking for me at kombuchacamp.com, camp okay. with a K. Okay. And mm -hmm. we have a free DIY guide. We are so focused on empowerment and education. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we want people to take fermentation back into their homes and right. reclaim it. Right. And just like you can make beer and wine, but you'll still buy it commercially, right. the same is true of kombucha because it's a craft product. Mm -hmm. Each one has a unique flavor profile each one has a different um, resonance each brewer has a different philosophy and sure. so all of that is going to come through in the final product so whenever I travel I love visiting local kombuchas trying the local kombuchas you know it just gives me a flavor of the area and mm -hmm. then of course at home I'm drinking my homebrew <laughs> 
Awesome. So if people are interested in this, they want to know more about it, they can, I was going to ask, you know, where they can find you. So Kombucha Camp, camp with a K on it, dot com. Anywhere else they can reach out and find you? Well, we're all over the interweb. So Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. Also, um, my husband and I, Alex, uh, we co-wrote the Big Book of Kombucha. So that's now out in stores, 400 pages on the subject. What's really mm-hmm. unique about this book is uh, not only does it have all the how-to technique flavors and all that, mm-hmm. is we root it in the science. Nice. So there's a whole section that talks about different symptoms, and each one is tied to a research paper on mm. kombucha. Mm. And then we also founded Kombucha Brewers International. Mm. So right now, if you're looking for a career change and you aren't afraid of work and you want to serve right. your community, right. fermentation is a great field to go into. Mm. You serve your community, mm-hmm. you work at that local level, and you're really giving back to others. And so. Um, um, check us out at Kombucha Brewers International if you're thinking of taking your homebrew to the next level. Awesome. Well, you know, we know, or at least we're learning, fermented foods in a whole, they're whole guises. So everything from fermented vegetables in the form of like sauerkraut again, mm-hmm. fermented meats in the, the form of like salamis and sausages, uh, fermented fruits, and now fermented beverages as well, um, you know, are part of every traditional culture on the planet. And, yes. you know, it may have may have started because uh, they needed a way to keep food from going bad. You well, know? well, and for the drinks, it's they couldn't drink the water. Right. So you had to ferment it because you right. didn't want the ooglies in there yeah. to make you feel sick. Absolutely. But uh, we know now that it can be a way for us to tap back into some of the ancestral wisdom and um, get some of these... Uh, these these good bugs back into our system. Look, if you don't want to take probiotics on a you know on a daily or at least you know a few times a week basis, you're really your only other option is to eat and drink fermented foods. Well, and I think fermented foods gives you more diversity. It does, and it does. it's uh, and it gives it to you in food sized doses, which yes. is again something that humans evolve. So don't go yeah. grab a cup of sauerkraut. Remember, it's just right. a condiment, a little right. bit on the side. Right. <laughs> So like anything, you just want to start slow and see how your body responds and then increase from there. Absolutely. Anything else you want to leave people with as we wrap up here? Just loving life and loving being bacterial sapiens and so excited (laughs) to meet great, like-minded, passionate people. And uh, thanks so much for... For giving me the chance oh, to absolutely. Say, uh, share my uh, message. Again, fermented foods, people, um, we really recommend that you make it a part of your life. All right. Well, we're going to let her get off to her talk. You can, uh, again, kombucha camp with a K.com or uh, check her out on the internet. All right. Good luck on your talk. Thank you, Tim. Until we talk again. All right, folks, that wraps up another episode of the Aspire Natural Health podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope you've subscribed to us over at iTunes. You can also check us out at our website, www.aspirenaturalhealth.com. That's Aspire as in A-S-P-I-R-E, naturalhealth.com. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash aspirenaturalhealth or check out our library of videos over at YouTube. Just go over to YouTube and punch in Aspire Natural Health. You'll find us there. So a couple great more ways you can check out our free educational materials. At Aspire Natural Health, we are experts at treating gut dysfunctions, autoimmune diseases, and other hard-to-treat cases. If you that's you or someone you know, you can always contact us and schedule a free 15-minute consult with myself and find out if we are the right fit and we can help you out with your issues. So simply check us out, check out our website. Again, that's www.aspirenaturalhealth.com or give us a call at 425-202. 7849. You can set up that free 15 minute consult. All right, folks, until we meet again, take care.